What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today, I feel like I'm talking about macros way too much, but it is called Mind Over Macros. So I have to talk about the mind, and then I also have to talk about macros. Then I have to make sure that the mind is more important than macros so that the show actually makes sense. Anyway, with this episode, this is a topic that is kind of near and dear to my heart. So it's okay. I'm going to make an exception by talking about macros for multiple episodes in a row. It's all right. We're making an exception because this is something that is very close to home in that macros were both in my life a very important tool for helping me get to where I wanted to be. And they were also a very damaging tool for creating a disordered relationship with food. There was the gift of macros and there was the curse of macros. And that's kind of what we're going to discuss and break down today. I would love it if you could do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This show is picking up some steam. We are gaining new listeners every single day. If you're new, hello, hi, how are you? I appreciate you tuning in. And the best way to continue that trend is to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, I want to know who's listening. I can tell you definitively, the best part of my day, this is going to sound strange, but here's a little insight into how weird I am. The best part of my day is when I get a notification on Instagram and it's like so-and-so tagged you in their story. And then I look at it and it's somebody who took something away from one of my podcasts. It truly, every single time, it's like, wow, that's crazy. Somebody actually listened to the shit that's going on in my head that I recorded and took something away from it and was grateful for it. And that makes me really happy. So if you would do me a favor, only if you take something away from this episode, take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories on Instagram and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. So macros, tracking macros, what an interesting topic. Um, if you don't know, if you're not aware, tracking macros is simply a means of knowing how much you're eating on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. It's the simple way of looking at the total calories that you consume and breaking them down into three into the three macronutrient nutrient categories. So we have protein, carbs, and fats. You cannot get calories from any other source except for alcohol. Some people call alcohol the fourth macro because it's the only other source of calories that exists in the world. You cannot get calories. If you say, I ate 5,000 calories today, the only explanation is that they came from a combination of protein and or carbs and or fats and or alcohol. That's it. 5,000 calories from alcohol would be a lot. I don't recommend that. You would probably die. So keep that in mind. Um, as, in a, as a tool to create awareness, I think every person should track macros at some point in their life. I think that most of us go into, when we, when we first decide that we want to live a healthy lifestyle or we want to get leaner, we want to drop some body fat, we want to improve body composition, we want to get stronger, whatever it is, there's always a connection. It's like, okay, I realize that nutrition is the missing piece. 
we all come to this conclusion at one point or another. Most people are like, I don't understand working out all the time. I'm not seeing changes. And then they're like, oh shit, there's this whole other area that I need to get sorted out. And that's my nutrition. Nutrition was the biggest roadblock for me. It's the biggest roadblock for most. Typically, most people can hold themselves accountable to move their body in some way, shape, or form, can get to the gym at least one time a week, uh, get some walks in, do things like that. Uh, Those things are typically not the roadblocks. For some, maybe, but for most, it's usually nutrition. And tracking macros, when you start, when you first discover, you know, like I'm going to start paying attention to what I'm eating, eventually you realize that it kind of helps to know what's happening. Otherwise, we're just making a best guess. We're like, well, I kind of think this is my problem, but we don't really know. And the most effective tool as it stands today, in my belief, is that tracking macros is the most effective tool for awareness. Knowing how many calories you're consuming and knowing where those calories are coming from. And the reason why that's important is because you might be eating the quote unquote right number of calories, but you're getting like zero protein. So it's not going to be super helpful in body composition changes if all of your calories are coming from, pro- from I'm sorry, carbs, fats, and alcohol, and you're not getting any calories from protein. Protein supports your hormone health, your cellular health, your muscle mass, your metabolism, satiety. It's important. We need it. If we're not eating it, we can't live. So we have to get protein in from diet. So if we're under consuming protein, by tracking macros, we should have an awareness. Okay, I'm tracking. I see that most of my calories are from carbs and fats. I'm getting a little bit of protein, but I could do better. And then it gives you a clear path of taking action to get more protein in. All right, where am I going to get my protein in? What protein sources do I enjoy? You start looking and asking questions and looking online Feel okay, chicken and beef and fish and Greek yogurt and eggs and egg whites and all that shit. And you're like, okay, I got my game plan. Now I'm going to move forward. That is an awareness piece that macros can create. What they can also do is help you understand what ratio and food combinations help you feel your best. Because if you're tracking and you start to notice, like when I was eating higher protein and higher carbs, I felt really bloated and gross. And then when I switched up to more moderate or lower carbs and higher protein, higher fat, I actually felt really good and energy was better and digestion was better. Now, some people might have the opposite conclusion. I typically feel much better on moderate to higher carbs and a little bit lower fat and uh, high protein. But I've learned that through tracking and you start to pay attention. Like, what are my hunger signals like? What are my energy levels like? What are the stress levels like? And am I sleeping well? A lot of times people are eating very low carb and they're not sleeping well. And then when they increase their carbs, they start sleeping better and they're like, holy shit, carbs are magic. Well, they, they do increase serotonin, which is kind of a big deal for helping you sleep. So they're somewhat magic and they're necessary for your brain to function properly, although they are non-essential, but in my opinion, just because they're not essential doesn't mean they're not optimal. So having some carbs can help you sleep better. It can help you manage stress. A lot of benefits to carbs, but a lot of you know people who assume because of what we hear all the time about low-carb diets and keto and all of this other dietary dogma, sometimes people assume that they should be eating low-carb. And then all of a sudden they learn through tracking and paying attention 
they actually feel really good when they eat carbs, especially when they're having trouble falling asleep or they're dealing with stress. I'm like, wow, it's magic. Well, it's actually just awareness. These are all the positives of tracking. The downside of tracking is that it can become obsessive. And my belief is that the act of tracking in and of itself is not, is not obsessive. In the wrong hands, it becomes obsessive, right? And, and I was at one point in my life, the wrong hands. And at another point in my life, the proper hands. So when I first started tracking, it was like a world of freedom. Because you have to understand my background. I went from thinking that there was a whole list of foods that I wasn't allowed to eat. I believed that I was going to have to go the rest of my life without eating certain foods that I really liked. Not even just like crap foods, like cookies and ice cream. And I was like, yeah, that's going to suck not eating those. But I also believed that foods that I really enjoyed, like apples, were not okay because that was on my cannot eat food list. So I came from this background of believing that there were certain foods that I could eat and there's certain foods that I couldn't eat. So when I discovered macros and all of a sudden I was given this freedom of hitting my calorie and macro totals with whatever fit, it was like, oh my God. So I went hard in the other direction. The pendulum swung immediately. I was Pop-Tarts, Rice Krispies, um, donuts, everything that I could make fit, I made it fit. It was just so much crap food, but I hit my macros and I was actually getting leaner through the process. And this was also a time in my life where I was insanely active. So my total calories were like, I don't know, 4,000, 4,500, somewhere in that range. I would hit because I was bartending and I was personal training. So I would hit like 10,000 steps immediately in the morning. Um, and then I would get like 20,000 steps while I was bartending. It was just insane amounts of activity. So it was just shit food, but I would hit my macros. And then something strange happened. It's almost like quantity matters. So I started to feel like crap. My digestion was horrible. I started to get really fatigued and lethargic and I was dragging ass and then my sleep wasn't good and my bathroom habits were, we'll just say messy um, as the most appropriate way to say it. And yeah, it was not fun. So I started to realize, you know what? There might be something to this whole quantity or, or quality thing that I'm missing. And then you'll, you'll notice a theme here. You'll notice that when I grasp something, I jump all the way into it to the fullest extreme. I've tried to get better at that. I've tried to have awareness around this tendency of mine, but then I was like, oh, okay, I got it. I can only eat whole foods and nothing else. So I was back on the, now I combined my two disordered habits, the one disordered habit of needing to hit my macros perfectly. And the other disordered habit of needing to hit my macros with only the cleanest of clean foods. So that was on my path to orthorexia where I was obsessed with clean foods and could not eat anything that was quote unquote off limits. Anyway, so for me, I've been on every end of the extreme. 
Now, macros were in and of themselves are there. I don't believe that it's obsessive. I don't believe that it's disordered. I received a comment the other day that stated definitively that tracking macros um, or counting calories is disordered eating. And it was just a straight blanket statement, no context, responding to one of my posts on Instagram. And I didn't, I didn't respond because sometimes I feel like it's not worth it when somebody has their mind made up. I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. So I just let this person have their moment and feel that way, which is totally fine because I could see how if you've experienced that, if you already have disordered eating tendencies, if you already have a poor relationship with food, and then you find something like macros, of course, you can take that to the extreme, just like anything. It's like, here's a hammer. I'm going to give you a hammer. And somebody being like, well, well, hammers are disordered. Like (laughs) you could smash your face with it. Well, yeah, in the wrong hands, you can smash your face with a hammer, but in the right hands, you could use it to like build some pretty cool shit. So the hammer is just a hammer. Like macros are just macros. It's context that matters. It's the individual that matters. So the, the problem was me. The problem was that I wasn't ready and responsible enough to use the tool in a positive way. So the best analogy is tracking and budgeting your finance. That's the best analogy that I can give. Some people are really meticulous about their budgets. They track, they monitor every single dollar that they earn and every single dollar that they spend. On the other hand, there's other people that like to keep their head in the sand. And this is another thing that I've kind of teetered back and forth. Like I used to be the person who didn't want to know the numbers at all. Like keep me away. I want my head in the sand. And then as I became more responsible, I was like, you know what? I should probably have awareness around my spending habits and how much money I'm making and things like that, especially running a business. Like I went the first, so I've had pot for four, four years. I probably went the first three and a half years, not wanting to look at any numbers in my business, just like hope and pray that we're profitable and that we can make it. Um, not the best approach. 10 out of 10 don't recommend. Um, anyway, so now I like to know the numbers. But regardless of whether you track your budget or not, the result is still the same. The amount you earn minus the amount you spend equals the amount you have. You don't have to track that. It's, it, it is what it is. It exists, right? The numbers that show up when you look at your bank account tell you what's happening. And in the same light, there are some people that track macros and count calories, and there's other people that keep their head in the sand. Like I mentioned, I have been on both sides of that and I've been to the extreme and I've been all over the place, but it, it's irrelevant whether you do that or not, because it's still the net result is still the same. The amount of calories that you consume minus the amount that you burn equals the amount that you have, meaning your current body composition, the numbers that showing up on the scale tell you the story. If you have weight to lose, it's because likely over the years, over your entire life, you've consumed more than you've burned. You've either had moments of you know, time periods where you were more sedentary, time periods where you, there was a lack of control around your nutritional habits. Maybe there was an injury. Maybe there was a traumatic event. Whatever it was, something created that lack of balance in the 
calories consumed versus calories burned. And I know this is an oversimplification, but it still applies. And, and really the point that I, that I want to drive home is the relationship with the tool overall. How do we use this tool effectively versus letting it abuse us? So when we think about like the, the proper use, think about your budget. People who make a budget will typically use it to ensure that their bills are paid. I want to make sure that I have enough to cover the necessities. Like my, my electric bill is paid. My mortgage is paid. My car is paid. The water is on. Like I need the, the basics, right? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I need the basics. I need food, water, shelter. I need all of that covered. And it gives them peace of mind to know with their budget that they have things that are hopefully left over to spend on what they want. Like, you know, some self-care, some online shopping or some date nights or vacations or whatever it is. They've taken care of their basic needs and then they have some overage, hopefully, to be able to spend on things that they want. You know, oh, my kid wants to sign up for soccer. Okay, great. Like, I know that my bills are paid for and I know that now in the budget we can put in soccer. Great. Does that sound responsible or does that sound disordered? Hopefully it sounds responsible. It's the same thing with your nutrition. When you make a budget with your nutrition, which is effectively what calories and macros are, most people who use it properly are using it to ensure that their basic needs are covered, which is how I hope that it's used. Like, am I getting enough protein? Am I getting my veggies in? Are my fats and carbs where I want them to be? And it gives them the peace of mind to then spend any overage on what they want. And what I mean by overage is it's like, let's say I have 2000 calories in my budget and I've got my protein covered and I'm still getting veggies and I have like the minimum amounts of carbs and, and fats that I would want from whole foods. Well, now I have some overage to still hit my 2000 calories. So I'm going to fill in the gaps with what I want. I can fit a cookie. I can fit ice cream. I can fit whatever, right? Once again, does that sound responsible or does that sound disordered? Hopefully it sounds responsible, but it always depends on how the tool is being used. Because if we take the same examples that we just used above and we just change a little bit of context, meaning the person that's using that budget, what if they become so obsessive and controlling with their budget that they don't spend anything on themselves? nothing for fun, nothing for fulfillment. And all of a sudden they end up miserable or depressed and then take it one step further because they're miserable and depressed and they're so controlled by their budget and they can't enjoy their life because of it. They reach their tipping point and they go to a casino and they buy, you know, spend a lot of money at the tables and drink a lot of alcohol. That's more like disordered right? What if somebody becomes so obsessed with hitting their macros perfectly that they avoid all social situations? They become a slave to their numbers. That's what I was talking about with me. I would not go out with friends. When I was obsessed with macro tracking, hitting my numbers, I was obsessed. I would avoid social situations. I would avoid my family. I would avoid going out with friends. I would stay home purely so I could hit my numbers and I knew it was perfect. But guess what? That wasn't very fun. I wasn't healthy. I didn't enjoy my life. That was disordered. But it wasn't macros. Like macros have existed 
forever, right? Like whether you track them or not, they still exist. That's where our food comes from. Even before technology, macros are still a thing. We just put a label on them. It was me that was the difference. So I had to fix myself first before I could use macros the way that they're intended to be used and not abuse them. So now macros are readily available when I want them. I don't depend on them. I'm not obsessed with them. I can take time and not track. And when I need to, they're waiting for me. And when I get tired of it, I can ditch them and not feel any different. The tool didn't change. I did. My perception did. My relationship with food did. So no, I don't think that macros definitively are a part of disordered eating. I think they can be. Now, if you are somebody that struggles with a disordered relationship with food and tracking macros has become obsessive, the solution for you might very well be to walk away for a time. It's the same thing with the scale. If you find the scale is controlling you, if you find yourself obsessed with weighing and the number drives you crazy and you can't look at it as objective data, you might have to step away. Sometimes we have to leave a relationship to improve the relationship. It's like, hey, I think we should take a break, right? And then come back and see if you're meant to be together later. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be, right? So sometimes you might have to walk away and that's okay. But we need to be careful about how we label things because I've, I've heard it said that like, well, Mac, you know, tracking macros. And again, this was a comment, but I've heard it said from other people too. It's like, well, you know, tracking macros uh, creates this disordered relationship with food for me. No, it's not that. It's you have that tendency. Let's not point at the at the tool. Now, again, it might not be the right fit for you, and that's totally fine. But I think we just need to be careful about labeling it as you know, with with the dark side. It's like saying, um, you know, I have, I don't know, like I have the tendency to like hammer my hand when I use a hammer. It's like let's try to get you better at, at driving the hammer into the nail and not onto your thumb, right? Like that's a terrible analogy, but I hope you get the point. Like we need to fix the relationship first and not just point fingers at the tool that's being used. Um, and we, we also have to un- have this understanding that there's the light in the dark, right? So when we have these tools and we invent new technology, because I, you know, I promise there will be new technology that comes out when it, when with regards to tracking macros and food and awareness, inevitably, whatever that new technology is, there's going to be a dark side. It happens every single time. Once we invented cars, we also invented car crashes. Once we invented banks, we also invented bank fraud and bank robberies, right? There's always going to be the dark side of a tool or technology. But just making that statement of, you know, it's not um, making the statement of tracking macros is disordered, I think really misses the point. I think we have to understand the context. And of course, I'm the one that has to go way too deep into the context and providing clarity around things. And but, But my hope is that you can take a look at for yourself about what needs to be done. If you can connect the dots that like, budgeting your money is, a, is seen as responsible, then why would you view your nutrition any differently? And if it's 
obsessive, think about the perspective that you take with your money. Hopefully, you're not obsessive with your budget, right? Like, hopefully, you have a pretty good relationship with your budget and you can take that same perspective and apply it to your nutrition. But I think that we, we have to look at this and we have to assess your own use or abuse. And, and there's a preference thing, okay? There's a preference involved here. If you don't like to weigh yourself every day, then don't. There's a preference. If you don't like to track macros, then don't. One of the things that we always do with our clients is we try to set the expectation on the front end. And there's this really powerful thing called the power of choice, where it's your decision. And when it's your decision, that's really important. Because when you're doing something against your will, it is a stress. When you're doing something because you choose to, it's healthier. Meaning if you choose not to track macros, amazing. If you choose to track macros, amazing. If you're being forced, to track or not track, that can be a negative. That can be a stress. So with our clients, we always say like, if you choose not to track, that is totally your choice. Amazing. But we also want to set the expectation that we have less specificity, which may take longer to get to your results. We just had somebody that graduated from our coaching program. She was one of the best transformations I've ever seen body composition, mindset, like total transformation. Her pictures look unbelievable. But here's the best part. How much she lost, we have no clue. How many calories she ate, we have no clue. She did not track a single macro. She never stepped on the scale. We changed her lifestyle. We implemented habits that she enjoyed. She was the one that got to choose what part of that she integrated into her lifestyle. It was all of her choice her choices working with her coach and integrating this lifestyle approach, making sure that we were allowing for all the things that she enjoyed, having flexibility, and then helping her out with like, hey, make sure we're getting protein with each meal and some veggies and walking and water. She's huge transformation mentally, physically, not a single macro tract, not a single pound measured on the scale. So there's preference. One thing that I always say is like, to me, when we look at our budget, right? When you look at your financial budget, to me, way too many people set aside, like they have their basic needs and then they have these other wants. And then there's this third category that's like investing in themselves. To me, that's disordered. In my opinion, my opinion is that investing in yourself should be part of your basic human needs. Because my belief is that unused potential kills us. And when you're not prioritizing yourself and your health, it's actually killing us. That's my belief. That's a preference thing. I'm not stating that as fact. I'm stating it as opinion. So to me, it's like we have this category of, okay, I need to make sure my basic needs are met. Then I need to make sure I'm spending for everybody else. And then lastly, if there's anything left over, I'll try to try to make it for myself, but if I can, it's okay. I can't afford it now. I'll still prioritize these other things. And to me, that's disordered, but that's just an opinion thing because we all have preferences. So you might feel like your health is not as important and, and like your priorities, your, the, where you're spending will tell me your priorities and will tell you your priorities. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you know. 
So your own spending will tell you your own priorities. The same thing with your nutrition. When you look at your own eating habits, it'll tell you your priorities. The actions will always reveal. Now, here's the problem. I always say, like, we have to create awareness around your espoused values, the things that you say you want, and your values in action, the things that you're actually doing. And if there's a dissonance, if there's a disconnect between those two things, we have to close the gap. But you actually don't have to close the gap. You have a choice. Once you're aware, like if you're sitting here saying, you know, I really, really want to improve my relationship with food. I want to get healthier. I want to be more fit. I want to get leaner. But then you're not investing in yourself and you're still trying to figure it out on your own. And you're not investing in coaching. To me, that's a massive dissonance. There's a disconnect between what you're saying you want and what you're doing about it. You don't have to change that. You can just accept and say, this gap exists, this dissonance exists, and I'm okay with it. I'm aware of it, and I'm going to let it exist. That's fine. So there's always that power of choice. Or you can decide, I'm really not comfortable with this disconnect, with this dissonance, and I really want to close the gap. And then you start taking actions so that your espoused values, the thing that you say you want, match your values in action, what you're actually doing. So hopefully that all makes sense. I'm not sure if it was helpful, but maybe, maybe there's something to take away from that. Maybe there's a way that you can take a step back and look at your relationship with macros, the scale, or even with your finances. Maybe you can look at where are you prioritizing right now? Um, Is there anything that you can do better or more efficiently? Maybe it's just a time to reflect and create some self-awareness and then make decisions, make choices um, based off of what you want, you know, or at least what you think you want, what you value. And if there's anything that I can do to help, please reach out. I'm always available. You can hit me up on Instagram. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. I love and appreciate you all. And I will talk to you all very soon.